Hey there, fellow Sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, we at last weigh in on the great alien debate. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be Agent Mulder today as we appropriate some culture. So Congress has been holding hearings on UFO sightings, and some of the statements and evidence has been provocative, which has led to a flurry of debate even among religious conservatives. Here's a little taste of that from a roundtable at The Daily Wire. Obviously, we don't know exactly what that is or what those things are. And in order to, to, to come up with any kind of like probability that it's aliens, we need some background information that we don't have. Um, like, for example, we need to know, are there aliens in the universe? Mm -hmm. And how many such civilizations are there, and where are they, and what sort of technology do they have? We don't know any of that, but what that, what that tells us, first of all, is that you can't just rule out, you can't basically rule out as a possibility, or even as a plausible possibility, that those are aliens. Because for all we know, now, if, if we're the only intelligent civilization, even just in the galaxy, then that's definitely not an alien. Mm -hmm. um, but if, there are, if there's intelligent civilizations in all of our surrounding solar systems, let's just say, or in, the, in some of the nearest ones, then the probability goes up. So we don't know that at all. So, so we kind of have to put that to the side. And then we just look at that. And now we have to say to ourselves, what you know, the we've hell been, is we've that? Been, yeah, we, but we've been hearing these UFO reports for a long time, for decades, really. And I think the objection that a lot of people had, including myself, is that we said, well, if, if there were actual UFOs, like alien spaceships in the sky, then we should get better evidence. Than, why is it always a farmer in Kansas that sees them? It's kind of like Bigfoot. You know, the only person that sees Bigfoot is someone who has a camera from like the, 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 the battlefield reporter at Antietam had. You know? um, so why is that always the case with aliens? And that was always my objection until in the last few years, we're getting trained observers up close. There were, there were four Navy pilots who observed one of these things up close, four of them. For five minutes, they watched it. And corroborating their testimony, we have radar data and video of that one thing, this tic-tac-shaped thing that was flying around, breaking the, you know, the, the speed of sound and doing things that seem physically impossible. So that's exactly the kind of evidence that for decades we said, well, if, alien, if, if they were really UFOs, we should have that evidence. Now it's here. This is where I agree with Walsh. We now have information which we said nobody ha had. And all the people who were conspiracy theories and it was zone whatever it was, 50, what is it, two in Nevada? Zone, no, Area, Area 51. 51. Area 51. You know, we now have these pictures of things that are really interesting, really different, worth stopping for a minute and saying, gee, what is that? And I, the point you make is actually really important. We don't know how life began. We don't know whether we are, in fact, the special thing that happened on this one planet or if this is something that would yeah, happen but you on any planet. Uh, uh, near, you know, equally distant from a star. I, I read your piece that you wrote, which I found incredibly offensive and hateful. <laughs> uh, where you said, yeah, well, that's, you there's, no, there's no reason the to believe that aliens exist, right? Yes. That was your, yeah, yeah, that's the headline. But you, you could easily flip that around and say there's absolutely exactly. no reason to believe they don't exactly. exist. When you, when you live in a universe with trillions and trillions and trillions of planets, and we have seen, we have visited none of them, and we've sent, <laughs> we've sent probes to a few, but we've, we've actually visited none of them, to sit here and... and it, it seems to me the prob it, it is a probability thing. Like, well, this is, is my no, problem. So it, my me, issue. Hold on a second. Yeah. It's, it's like walking in to me. It's like walking into a to a fifty bedroom mansion. Uh huh. And you get to the foyer and you don't see anybody there and you say, well, I guess the place is empty. <laughs> you know, just, it somebody, doesn't make any sense. Somebody had to build the mansion and that that person who built the mansion would be a person, right? But 
we, and we would, we have some idea of how the person got like, you know, someone got there, he probably took a car. I don't know, you look for the car. We have no clue how life, we don't have any it's, idea. It's, there are going to be a lot of people well, we in the comments. But we do know. How? how? Well, we, you, you and I, we all know how, how life started. We don't man, know the exact. Man formed Adam out of clay. Right. We know God created it. I mean, that, 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 that might seem like a shortcut, but we all know that. So I actually think so when you introduce God into the equation, which of course you have, you, you can't take him out. Um, a lot of uh, believers think that this is a challenge to their faith and it just doesn't make any sense. How can you have intelligent civilizations? Well, I, I actually think that, that when, you, when, you, when you factor in God, which again, you must, it, it makes the probability higher because you, then, then there's a purpose. There's a purpose element. Like, are the, are there's the aliens a, fallen? Well, I don't know that. But, well, but mu- mu- there's mustn't, a purpose, they, mustn't they not be fallen? Why? For Christianity, I don't know why. I don't know no. the answer to that, but all I know is that there's no. a purpose why? for all these billions why? of why? galaxies. Well, here, here's why: because the Christian idea is that there's a Godhead. It's Trinity, Father, Son, and the lo- bond of love between the Father and Son, right. which is the Holy Spirit. The Son saves mankind by taking on human nature and dies on the cross and is resurrected three days later. Right, ascends up into heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Is he all? Is he like? Is he? So he's fully human and fully God. And also fully well, Martian. We don't, even know, we don't even know whether Martians are, are exactly yeah, I, like us or not. The main thing is, are they human? I, 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 I really want to know any of this. Well. Okay, so I will of course now give you the definitive biblical Christian answer, which is 100% unassailable and completely correct. So I think the first question to address is, is the notion of alien life incompatible within a Christian worldview? Now, strictly speaking, I would say no. There is nothing that logically or scripturally precludes the possibility of alien life per se. The Bible doesn't directly speak to the question, and the Bible is God's special revelation to us, not his revelation to all living entities. For instance, it's not the revelation of God to the angels. It is tailored and directed to human beings. It is what we need in order to know God sufficiently, to have salvation, and to know how to live holy and righteous lives that are pleasing to God. It is not the totality of all knowledge. It is limited in its scope. It is limited in its purpose and limited in its audience. There are secret things, as it says in Deuteronomy. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. There are plenty of things we don't know, but what we can positively say from Scripture is that God is the creator of the entire universe, and he is the author of all life. The universe, and life itself, is the product of a mind. So what isn't compatible with a Christian view is a reduction to probability. A lot of people will say, there has to be life on other planets because the universe is so big. But that's based on the presupposition that the origin of life is the product of chance. If life comes about by purely unguided, random processes, then yes, the number of planets increases the probability of life elsewhere. But that's a presupposition that life emerges by accident. If we presuppose the biblical claim that life is the product of a mind with agency, then probability has nothing to do with it, and the size of the universe is totally irrelevant. Let me demonstrate. Uh, Here's a deck of cards. What are the chances that I, at random, pick out of this deck the Queen of Hearts? Standard deck is 52 cards, so one out of 52. Ah. All right, now let's do it this way. Wow, what are the odds? Pulling this card was not a matter of chance. It was mind and agency. So the question is not what are the chances that there's life on other planets because biblically, life is not subject to chance. The question then is, did this mind, did this agent desire to make life on other planets? The sheer size of the universe doesn't impact that question. But why would he make it so big if he didn't want to populate it with life? 
I could think of a thousand reasons. Because he's an artist and he thinks it's pretty. Because he wants to humble you. Because he wants to magnify his glory by the sheer scope and grandeur of his creation. All valid answers to the question. But that doesn't preclude the notion of alien life. Uh, let's imagine that we discovered, suddenly discovered, animal life on Mars. Let's say they found some worms or some such thing. That would be alien life, but that would not in any way contradict the biblical claim that God is the creator of the entire universe and the author of all life. There's nothing mutually exclusive there. The Genesis account is the creation of the universe broadly, but the Earth specifically, and it doesn't encompass all creative endeavors. For instance, angels are created, but they are not specifically mentioned in the Genesis account. And the implications from Scripture is that the angels were made before even the foundations of the Earth. It says in Job, Where were you when I laid the Earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. God creates things that are not specifically mentioned in the Genesis account, and if he desired to create different kinds of life in different galaxies, that doesn't contradict the first biblical proposition that he is the creator and author of old life. The mere existence of alien life in other planets or galaxies does not in itself contradict that God is creator. But that's not the only biblical proposition that we have. God is the creator of the universe and all life, but mankind, according to scriptures, is given dominion. So the question might be, how can we have dominion over creatures that are millions of miles away in other galaxies? Is that contrary to Scripture? Well, there's two ways that could be argued. You could say we are specifically given dominion over the earth and that our authority is relegated to here is evidenced by the fact that, practically speaking, that's all that we are in the position to caretake. I don't quite buy that. Because conceivably, if we were to colonize Mars and there were such life forms like our hypothetical worms, it seems pretty clear to me that the principle laid out in Genesis would still apply. We would have authority over the Mars worms to name, to use, to caretake for our purposes. Or if there were suddenly a wormhole that allowed us to travel great distances and we found a world teeming with animal life, I think biblically they would still fall under our authority. So it's not simply Earth, but all creation that man is the caretaker of. But if our dominion isn't relegated to Earth, and if there were animal life in other galaxies and other planets, then how exactly are we their caretakers? Well, actually, we already sort of see that, at least in principle, on Earth. We've made amazing discoveries of life forms that we didn't even know existed until modern times. Creatures living many, many miles beneath the ocean at depths that we didn't think was even possible for life to exist. But the discovery of those creatures did not undermine our dominion over them. The fact that we didn't even know they existed didn't affect the biblical principle. And that we have no practical means of caretaking for them doesn't change our authority over them. And the same could be applied across the universe. There can still be a hierarchy in creation, even if there's no practical means of exercising it. So the existence of alien life does not affect the biblical claim that God is the creator of the universe, and it does not affect the biblical claim that humanity has been given dominion over creation. But that is still not the only biblical proposition. There is a further notion in Scripture that we are unique creations, and what makes us unique is that we are made in the image of God. Now, that's not contrary to animal alien life, but what about the possibility of creatures with a rational soul like us? And when we're talking about aliens, that's usually what we're talking about. UFOs, we imagine, are the products of intelligent beings with sophisticated technology. Is it possible that there are intelligent, rational beings, beings with agency, that are not made in the image of God? While angels might fit that bill already, there's some degree of agency, at least initially, because we have Satan, we have fallen angels, 
And there definitely seems to be intelligence. They seem to have faculty and rational thought. So is it possible for God to create other intelligent, even rational beings with agency and power that do not bear the Imago Dei? Yeah, could be possible. And even perhaps our uniqueness might be relative to our planet or solar system or galaxy. That seems at least logically possible. It's possible that God made us in his image, and elsewhere in the universe he made other creatures in his image. In fact, that's essentially the premise of C.S. Lewis's space trilogy, particularly Out of the Silent Planet and Paralandra, where you have some planets that have fallen to sin and other planets that haven't. In fact, the Chronicles of Narnia is another sort of expression of this. It's essentially the gospel of animal planet. But I think the crucial question in our clip was poised by Michael Knowles. If they are creatures created in the Imago Dei, are they fallen? And it would seem that they must be because not only do we have a fallen world, we have a fallen universe. We know pretty certainly that the universe is dying. It is winding down. And at some point, the universe will be unable to support any kind of life anywhere. And scripturally, our fallenness is connected to the disorder of the created world. It says in Romans, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And it says in 2 Peter, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So creation is waiting in eager anticipation to be restored. It will be destroyed. And then we're promised a restoration, a new heaven and a new earth. So it can't be the case that there are creatures made in the Imago Dei, but who did not fall into sin, because that would mean they didn't sin, but the universe still got screwed up and will be destroyed. Sorry, guys. Or it means that we all fell, in which case God would have to intervene for them too, right? So Jesus then would be fully God and fully man and fully Klingon and fully xenomorph. That'd be pretty sweet. Now, that may not be logically impossible, but it seems rather dubious. And as to the phenomenon that people have experienced, there's a myriad of answers, some of them pretty good. But from a Christian perspective, I don't see how it's more rational or logical or likely to think all this phenomena is caused by extraterrestrial life rather than demons. Could be ET, could be demons. Well, that'll do for today. If you like what we're doing here, like, subscribe, share, review. If you have a conspiracy theory, you can drop a comment. Follow me on the socials, join my author's Facebook page, and I'll see you next time for more Appropriate in the Culture. Music